Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical. This episode of Irrational Fear was recorded on the land of the Darawal people. Sovereignty was never ceded. The first step to treaty is the voice. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 40. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Hey, Irrational Fear Fearmongers. Welcome to Irrational Year. This is where we rip through the highlights of the year in one little podcast so you don't have to spend more than, you know, about an hour or so listening to us. But if you can and you want to, in person, we are going to be performing live for you around Australia very soon. We are going to be at the Adelaide Fringe Festival, March 4th, Brisbane at the World Science Festival, March 26th, and we are going to be at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, April 2nd. In fact, our Melbourne lineup is so big. Uh, in fact, we've called the show A Rational Fear Has Too Many Guests for a One Hour Festival Show Spectacular. It is going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to do it. Uh, so join us then in Adelaide, Melbourne, and Brisbane in the first half of the year. But right now, I'm going to be handing the mic over to a good friend of mine, Alan Jones. Alan, welcome to Rational Fear. Good morning, Dad. Do you know who else has too many guests? Uh, no. Christmas dinner in Scott Morrison's head. <laughs> well, thank you for coming back to host the end of year special. Oh, good to be with you. When you hosted last time, 30 people unsubscribed from the email list and six people cancelled their Patreon memberships. Oh, yes, well, you know, go woke, go broke. What were the listener numbers like? Well, it was the most listened to episode we've ever had. Oh, well, there you have it. You know, my own internet show on YouTube has registered its 15th subscriber. I'm more popular than Anthony Clear at an ARI after party. Oh, God. Well, Alan, uh, the floor is yours. Take it away. Oh, thank you, Dan. Good morning, everyone. I'm back hosting a rational year. This show is dedicated to the most important people in the country, the sponsors of Irrational Fear. Oh, yes, we'll celebrate them all in this very special episode. The highs, the lows, and me in between. This is genuinely cash for comment. Okay, let's kick it off from a message from one of the most popular podcasters in Australia called Mark. No, not Mark Latham, the other one. Oh. 
Imagine you're a true crime podcast host, tracking down some of the grisliest murders ever committed in Australia, only to discover that they're all already covered by other true crime podcasts. That is the moment I discovered something so terrifying in myself that I had no choice but to turn it into a blood-curdling audio experience. Hi, I'm Mark Fennell, and I host the true crime podcast. Is Mark Fennell a murderer? Yes, he is. Come with me as I investigate a fresh murder that I commit each week until I get caught. I pick victims out at random from the white pages. I know, shocking. How did I find a white pages in 2022? To find out, you'll have to listen to Is Mark Fennell a Murderer? Yes, he is. Available only on Audible and as a transcript from Criminal Court. And while you're there, check out my other podcast, Stuff Mark Stole and That Murder Guy. Shit, um, I have to go now. Bye. Coronavirus, remember that? God, I barely do. I filed COVID-19 away in my brain in the same place where I store memories of when the Wallabies last won a match. <laughs> God. Well, back in January 2022, the New South Wales government gave up on coronavirus too. To them, all of a sudden, it no longer existed. Just like climate change. Ah! <laughs> The New South Wales government is changing the way it's counting coronavirus cases because we only learned how to count up to 50,000. 50,000. From today, if you have symptoms of coronavirus, you'll have to acquire a rapid antigen test through a series of physical challenges in your local district. 50, um... The winner of each district will battle it out for the title of state champion who will then be given one rapid antigen test. 50,000 and... Um... If that person tests positive, they will then be added to the daily count. We've got one more. That's 50,000 plus one. And if you don't report your positive test result, you will be shot. Oh, my God. Maths is so hot. From all of us at the New South Wales government, may the odds be ever in your favour. Countdowns on radio are still a big deal. When I was still on 2GB, we used to have the hottest 100 Liberal Prime Ministers of all time. Scott Morrison took out the top 50. Well, back in January, the woke karate at Triple J insisted on starting a new countdown. Triple J's Hottest 100. Hey, Veronica Milsom here to remind you that you've only got two days left to submit your favourite years for the Hottest 100. Now, with over 2,000 years to choose from, we want to know which year you think will come out on top as the hottest year ever. Yeah, I thought 1989 was pretty hot. No, no, it's not when you were last hot, the temperature of Earth. Oh, gosh, it's got to be 2007. That's the year I was born and my mum was in labour for, like, four hours and that was hot. Yeah, okay, I can understand from a friction perspective, but once again... We're talking about the Earth's temperature. Did you know the hottest year was actually 1890 and the Earth's been getting colder every year since? I'm sorry, is this Senator Malcolm Roberts? No, it's Senator Malcolm Roberts. He's from the ABC. Get ready for the most predictable countdown most of the world is ignoring. The hottest 100 years ever. Spoiler alert, it was last year. It's always the last year. Cash for comment is disgusting, which is why you'll never hear me do it. But if you want to support Irrational Fear, simply log on to patreon.com forward slash Irrational Fear and chip in as little as $5 a month to keep this podcast kicking along. Patreon, it's like Centrelink for comedians. And when it comes to cash for comment, no one knows more about it than our political class. In these uncertain times, it's important to be fiscally responsible. Our nation is on the edge of an economic cliff. 
with very little interest in interest rates. At a record low, 0.1%. And with the stock market sliding faster than a test cricketer into your DMs. $50 billion wiped off the value of Australian shares today. There's only one place to put your money that will see guaranteed returns. Political donations. Starting as low as $25,000, you can be guaranteed enormous returns, such as $21 million of subsidies and grants for your fossil fuel projects. That's a return of 840%. Imagine how many politicians you could buy off with that kind of fuck you cash. Ask your financial advisor if political donations are right for you. Political donations. It's as safe as houses, owned by parliamentarians in Canberra. Businesses apply. Check the PDS for details. Oh, actually, there is no PDS. Just a handshake. So, you know, whatever. No rules. Come February of 2022, as Scott Morrison was tackling eight-year-old boys in the footy field, Australia was overrun with election fever. Everyone I know wanted Scott Morrison to win again, including my former friends at Channel 9 60 Minutes. Someday, 60 Minutes goes behind the doors at Kirribilli House to present Australian politics like you've never seen before. It's hot. The <laughs> Prime Minister, Scott, Scott Morris. Good morning, Carl. And journalist cosplayer, Carl Stefanovic. PM, good morning to you. In a one-hour-long sucking session. Very hard. Only from behind. From Prime Minister to Prime Daddy. i got to tell you, I'm coming. From breakfast television journalist to chief of ScoMo's staff. Wow. It's 60 minutes of Walkley Award-winning 69 and then you put the finger through there. Watch Carl Stefanovic get lodged by Scott Morrison in the lodge. The big stick. Sunday on 9 and 9 now. Ooh, yeah. I would like to see if you would marry me. Love you, yeah. mate. Oh, God, that was the longest 60 minutes of my life, which is why I prefer my ads for the Liberal Party to be snack-sized and presented in the aisle of the chemist warehouse. We all want our kids to grow up healthy and not on fire, which makes rising temperatures in and around the home a bit of a nuisance. But if you want to do absolutely nothing about them, why go past the Liberal Party of Australia? Not only has the Liberal Party of Australia received donations in excess of $5 million from fossil fuel companies since 2012, unlike other Australian political parties, the Liberal Party of Australia comes with a unique formula that combines heavy investment in the gas industry with no meaningful plan to transition to renewables or electric vehicles, making them the perfect party to guarantee Australia contributes less than our fair share to the global effort to tackle climate change. So if you want to stick your head in the sand and feel it get hotter and hotter, why not give the Liberal Party of Australia a go today? Bland Power, helping you vote better. Come April 2022, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival played host to a rational fear, God knows why, where former Australian of the Year Grace Tame Dally Arnst in stand-up for the first time ever. I remember when I did stand-up for the first time ever, it was at my ACMA hearing for the Cronulla Riots. Ha! <laughs> never get me. Ah, yes. Oh, crikey. What am I doing here? I'm not a comedian. (laughs) But if you look up the Venn diagram of me and these guys, you'll find that it's not actually a Venn diagram at all. It's just a great big flashing circle that says, go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, the natural progression from very serious law reform campaigning is (laughs) self-roasting. 
When Dan asked me to do this, um, he said, can you please do a monologue that is topical? And I'm on a serious mission to not talk about anything political because everyone's been accusing me of being a hack. I know that makes things a little bit difficult. So I'm really sorry to disappoint you if you came to hear me make jokes about a certain someone. <laughs> I know the temptation is very real. He is like a giant self-sourcing comedy pudding. <laughs> <laughs> He is the joke dessert that ices itself. You don't even have to tell him, he just goes and grabs the ukulele all by himself. (laughs) Oh dear, to get around that issue, I've decided instead to reflect on one of my favourite TV shows from the early 2000s, My Little Pony. (laughs) Friendship is magic. Uh, which, believe it or not, translates quite well to the landscape of Australian politics. For example, the leader of Equestria, Princess Celestia, has let down Australian voters yet again with her willingness to greenwash her government's reliance on fossil fuels to neighbouring... (laughs) neighbouring... Yes, the puns... The puns are coming. (laughs) To neighbouring pony kingdoms. She's also very sensitive about a tale, tale, (laughs) that she once charted in old McDonald's farm in 1997. (laughs) All right, I'll stop. I'll make a deal. Just don't shame survivors on primetime TV. Don't underfund support services, protect alleged rapists, stab people in the back, bully people, pork barrel. You see, we've got a bit of an imbalance, don't we, people? Ah, yes, that naughty little flying horned pony. (laughs) Anyway, what I've decided to talk about this evening has absolutely nothing at all to do with politics whatsoever. And that thing is... air fryers. (laughs) Stick with me. Actually, I suppose they are a little bit political. As one of my favourite comedians, Mark Latham, has accused me of being, since the air fryer came about, it has in some ways divided the nation. (laughs) That's the real Mark Latham, by the way, as he calls himself on Twitter. All the other Mark Lathams are not in one nation. So will the real Mark Latham please shirt front? Sorry, I promised I wouldn't get political. It's just that I had to give him a shout-out because one of the Chaser interns the other day was saying that my home, Tasmania, isn't a real place. So I figured if Tasmania isn't real, at least I can keep living rent-free in real Mark Latham's head. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much just me, Rosie Batty, the 2004 election results... And pretty much, well, actually, everyone who isn't a straight white man. 
probably why he's so mad all the time. It's pretty crowded up in there. Anyway, where was I? Yes, the humble air fryer. People seem to love it or hate it. What is this cheeky little unit that just popped up out of nowhere? <laughs> How could there possibly be this smaller version of something that does things we've already been doing this whole time, <laughs> only it gets to the point a bit quicker and cuts out all the crap? Most of its criticism seems to come from people who don't like change. Ah, <laughs> oh, but really it's just a lightweight, metal-clad basket case inside a pressure cooker that has a little vent and no filter. <laughs> Are you catching my drift? <laughs> That's an air pun, by the way. <laughs> doesn't really matter though, does it? Because if you're not a fan, fan, get it? <sighs> what I'm really trying to say is, if you don't like it, don't buy it. And that's not a political hack, my friends. That's just a life hack. <laughs> Woo! Great time! My When I ripped off the April 2022 page of my New South Wales Fire Brigade calendar, it was clear the election in May was going to cause things to heat up. Ray Martin joined Irrational Fear for a quick history lesson on the Liberals' greatest ever mistake, John Hewson. Our story begins in the Americas. You know it as the birthplace of Joe Rogan. In 1987, the US stock market crashed, sending shockwaves around the global economy. At the same time, we were experiencing our own 80s hangover. And we were sitting on a housing bubble that was just about to... And the years leading to the 1993 election were bad. How bad? Well, unemployment reached 11%. 10,000 people went on the dole in a week. And both the Victorian and South Australian state banks collapsed. The treasurer at the time, you may know him as Prime Minister Paul Keating, well, he called us the recession that Australia had to have. So it was no surprise that going into the 1993 election, the opposition's John Hewson was the front-runner, with some papers calling the election unlosable. But to win, he would need more than a big lead. He would need a big plan. A plan so big it could save the economy from going down the drain. It included sweeping tax cuts, slashes to government spending... And at the centre of it all, the introduction of a new 15% goods and services tax. You know it as GST. Houston had all his bases covered. All that was left was to name the damn thing. It needed a name that the country could rally around. A name that inspired grit and resolve. He called it Fightback. Despite its simple name, Fightback was complicated and confused voters. Maybe worst of all, no one could get their head around what GST would actually mean. Facts in hand and ready to face the nation, 
Houston sat down for a primetime interview with a current affairs Mike Willisey, who would change the course of the election with one simple question. If I buy a birthday cake from a cake shop and, and GST is in place, do I pay more or less for that birthday cake? We may never know what went through John Houston's mind when he was asked the cost of a birthday cake. But we imagine that it might have been something like this. Cake? Do teachers say cake? Oh, shit, I've got figures for milk, bread, even lollies. Damn it. John, you idiot. How do we miss cake? All right, mate, this is what we train for. Cake, cake, cake. Ah, mum's chocky cake. Yeah, I can almost taste it. Okay, uh, two cups of self-raising flour. That's 15 cents plus GST. The four. One cup of sugar, ten cents. Uh, vanilla essence. Uh, always remember to lick the spoon. Oh, shit, shit, shit. Oh, okay, okay, speak, man, speak. Well, it will depend whether cakes today in that shop are subject to sales tax or they're not, firstly. And they may have a sales tax on them. Let's assume that they don't have a sales tax on them and then that that birthday cake is going to be sales tax free. And, of course, you wouldn't pay, it would be exempt. It would, so there would be no GST on it under our system. If it was a, one with a sales tax today, it would attract the GST. And then the difference would be the difference between the two taxes, whatever the sales tax rate is on birthday cakes, how it's decorated, because there'll be sales tax perhaps on some of the decorations as well. And then, of course, the price, the price will reflect that accordingly. Smelling blood, Mike Willisey went in for the kill. Just on the birthday mm. cake, I'll just try to pick a simple example. You tell us in what you've published that the cost of cake goes down, mm. the cost of confectionery goes up. That's right. And there's it. icing and maybe ice cream. And then there's candles on top of it. Fuck! How could I forget candles? Oh, John, you idiot! It's decorated and candles, as you say, that attract sales tax. And, of course, we scrapped the sales tax yeah. before the GST. Okay, the public's reaction was instant. The GST ruined Cape. And Houston's mistake was fatal. The interview gave Paul Keating everything he needed to take fight back to its knees and to win the election. It's been said that Houston never again ordered dessert and he prefers to spend his birthdays alone. And while we may never know if fight back would have saved Australia... There's one thing we could all agree on. Take it away, Mike. If the answer to a birthday cake is so complex, you do have a problem with the overall GST. The cost of living is out of control. Do you know, in 2022, I had to sell my Southern Highlands estate. I had to sell my Northern Highlands estate. I had to sell my Western Highlands estate so I could buy a Gold Coast mansion. Oh, it's ridiculous. What's a childless baby boomer to do? Thankfully, before they were booted out of office, the coalition had a good idea to solve the housing crisis. The federal government is working hard to ensure all Australians have a home with Check Builder. We're building 10,000 new homes over the next 100 years using the most sustainable resource known to the coalition, novelty-sized checks. Previously, every single novelty-sized check that a coalition politician gives to a scout hall, sporting club or small business had to be shredded at a bank in a novelty-sized shredder. But with Check Builder, they will be turned into social housing. Rest your head each night in a room constructed of Scott Morrison's broken promises. I'm very okay with the idea of building car parks. Take your morning dump surrounded by the signature of Bridget McKenzie. I am very proud of the Sports Grants program. Or stand in your kitchen surrounded by million dollar views of million dollar checks made out for Josh Frydenberg's car parks that never got built. Now with respect to the car parks in my own electorate, they haven't been built as yet. 
And the more promises the coalition makes, the more houses we can build. With CheckBuilder. And that's a promise you can take to the bank. Authorised by the Novelty Size Government run by Novelty Size Men Canberra. But it turns out giant novelty checks have a supply chain issue after elections. So the coalition joined forces with the mining industry to solve the housing crisis with another policy. The Morrison government is serious about the future of Australians. That's why we're introducing Whole Seeker. Australians will now have the opportunity to access $50,000 of their superannuation to buy their first bunker. I'm all in on the side of those who want to buy a hole. With Hole Seeker, live out the rest of your life hiding 10 metres underground from whatever catastrophic shitshow the world is hurtling towards. Who cares what 50k might grow into in 30 years' time? Will there even be banks in 30 years? Or a job to retire from? Or air? With Whole Seeker, your children and their children's children can feast on canned food, share oral histories about the outside, and develop innovative ways to drink their own pee while the Earth witnesses an apocalyptic nightmare of biblical proportions. It boosts their ultimate retirement incomes because they're investing in their own hole, the best investment anyone ever makes. No matter if you're a first bunker buyer or buying your third investment bunker, sign up for Hole Seeker and vote for the coalition if your main concern is the cost of living on this planet. I believe buying a hole is the best economic decision that you can make. Authorised by, oh my God, you can't be serious. How far can you kick this can down the road before it all comes crashing down Canberra? May 2022, an election promises came thick and fast, including a new proposal to keep crucial death machines operational. At the Australian Government, we know that coal-powered electricity plants are running out of time. On one hand, they're old, expensive, and make climate change worse every minute they run. But on the other hand, the coal industry also provides critical baseload donations to the LNP. So that's why we're launching Coalkeeper. We're spending $7 billion a year to keep coal-powered polluting clunkers running way past their use-by date. That way the LNP can get more donations from the coal industry to stay way past our use-by date. The government could invest in new wind, solar and storage, but renewable energy is too clean to give us donations. Coalkeeper a reliable source of donations at the cost of only $400 per household per year. And everyone's existence. It's with regret that in May we bid farewell to every single one of Scott Morrison's ministries, which at that point we knew nothing about, and Australia went to IKEA to pick out a new cabinet. Also, the so-called comedian Mark Humphreys bid farewell to one of his characters too, Barabbas Loins, live on stage at the Sydney Opera House for the Irrational Fear 10th birthday, which you can listen to only on Patreon. Please welcome Barabbas Loins. Barabbas. (laughs) Thank you very much. G'day. I'm Nationals MP Barabbas Loins, member for Offalseed and until recently, Minister for Tow Bars and Special Envoy for McLeod's Daughters. <laughs> Let me first say a big hello to those in the nosebleed seats. Now, normally that's the people at the back, but after some sinus issues at my recent press club address, the first couple of rows should prefer, <laughs> prepare for some splashback. Two weeks ago, the Australian people made a foolish error, electing a government that can't be trusted on energy policy. The Coalition's policy, however, is crystal clear, and it is this. The sun doesn't always shine, and the wind doesn't always blow. 
That's really all we know about whether in the coalition. <laughs> and I look forward to taking that level of expertise to voters in another three years' time. But even more tragic than the change of government was the decision this week by my colleagues to remove me as leader of the National Party. But fear not, this does mean I will have much more time to focus on what really matters, writing my memoirs. <laughs> Inspired by Don Watson's portrait of Paul Keating, Recollections of a Bleeding Heart, I was going to call mine Recollections of a Bleeding Loins. <laughs> but focus group testing suggested people found that unappetising. <laughs> even more so than that Mark Latham, Alan Jones cookbook. <laughs> it's an older reference, but I'll stick with it. <laughs> Reluctantly, I went for something more tasteful, hence the title, Loins, Warts and All. <laughs> There's a lot more like that. <laughs> well, my publisher was worried that the title will make people think that the book is all about STIs when in fact only one chapter is devoted to genital warts. <laughs> now, I know I'm no Ernest Highway or Franz Kofta, but I think my writing... <laughs> think about it. <laughs> but I think my writing is pretty good. <laughs> Loins, warts and all may not win the Man Bookie Prize, but, but it has been long-listed for the Andy Griffiths Kids Writing Competition. <laughs> I can also recommend the book to those participating in the MS Readathon, as it has been known to leave many readers with neurological damage. <laughs> so, for your enjoyment, here is a taste of loins, warts and all. <laughs> Coming soon to all underwhelming street libraries. <laughs> oh, what have I done? Okay. Dedication. I dedicate this book to my oldest friend, Trent. Trent is my ute. <laughs> Chapter one. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> when I asked Siri what a good opening line for a book would be, she said that. <laughs> but I think Siri should have said, call me Barabbas, because my name is Barabbas, not Ishmael. <laughs> Chapter two. The Affair. I will never forget when I first saw her. I had an excited feeling down below I usually only experienced during State of Origin. <laughs> I knew it was wrong, but the loins wants what the loins wants. <laughs> she was carp, and I wanted to give her herpes. <laughs> Even though obviously I don't have herpes. Please consult the footnote for results of my STI test from 1998. <laughs> it was a classic boy meets staffer story. <laughs> the kind of romance you've read about in numerous workplace culture booklets. I was driving her home because my electorate of awful seed has banned Uber in favour of our own ride-sharing app, Utah. It's a good app, because every time you ride with Utah, you get to ride in a ute. And to show her that she holds a special place in my heart and groin, we stopped at a Macca's drive-thru. As I watched the way she tantalisingly scraped a chicken nugget around the edge of a container of sweet and sour sauce, I knew it was on for young and old. She was young, I was old. <laughs> Had nothing to lose but our careers and standing in the community. I put the CD player on. Joe Cocker's You Can Leave Your Hat On. Not that I needed Joe's permission, mind you. 
a visual, it's a visual gag. <laughs> Though it is a helpful reminder to the ladies that the Akubra doesn't come off for anyone. And although it's not in the song, I believe Joe would have also wanted me to keep on my R.M. Williams, which I dutifully obliged. Are you wearing protection, she asked. Yes, I said, thinking she meant the Akubra. With a UV factor of 15 plus, I wasn't taking any chances. We were like two ships passing in the night, except where one ship repeatedly rammed into the other one. It's really good, Mark. Yeah, thank you. Don't get this on 7.30. Um, it would be ungentlemanly of me to detail our passion any further. But that's not what was agreed to in the contract with my publisher, so I must push on. <laughs> if the interior of my Nissan Navara could speak, I imagine it would say something like, four. <laughs> and I have to say, I would be inclined to... <laughs> what have I done? I would be inclined to agree with the interior. That night, I wasn't the Minister for Infrastructure and Transport. I was... <laughs> oh, dear. I was the special envoy for getting it on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> as well as leading the Joint Standing Committee <laughs> for inappropriate use of a McNugget. <laughs> How much more is this? Oh. <laughs> It was heaven. I even said the correct name on more than one occasion. <laughs> that night we went on a one-way trip to Pleasure Town with a brief detour by Stretchville because I suffered a hell of a cramp in my left calf and needed to stretch for a bit. Thank heavens for the generous legroom of the Nissan Navara. <laughs> Though little did I know that Pleasure Town would not be our final destination as we would be driving right on through to Baby City. Not a literal city, but a metaphor for the miracle of childbirth. Oh, thank God, it's the final page. <laughs> when I found out she was pregnant, I knew it was time for me to accept responsibility and do the right thing. So I got down on one knee and said, let's keep this secret until the media finds out. <laughs> it was a difficult pregnancy. Photos of my pregnant partner were splashed on the front pages of major tabloids, which infuriated me as I had hoped to sell them to the highest bidder. It was also difficult for my four daughters, Barabi, Beremily, Berelinor, and Beresica. <laughs> Dad, you've slipped up, but no matter what, we still love you, is what I imagine they would say if we were still on speaking terms. <laughs> the birth was also difficult, especially as the obstetrician insisted that I not reach into my partner's cervix to retrieve the infant like I would do with a baby calf. <laughs> That's the line? Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Prior to the birth of my son, questions had been raised about his paternity, admittedly by me. But as soon as he appeared, he emptied his bowels, and as I looked at him there, causing a complete mess and drowning in his own shit, I knew once and for all that he was definitely mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Barabbas. Oh, Barabbas Lloyds, I'll miss having our casual off-the-cuff conversations about small modular nuclear reactors with you over a few drinks down at our local Qantas Chairman's Lounge. 
and a note here about a rational fear sponsor, Australian Ethical. Since 1986, Australian Ethical has been managing the investments and superannuation for everyday Australians by investing ethically. Australian Ethical avoids human trafficking, weapons, fossil fuels and gambling. You know, all the stuff I'm into. Oh, God. These people don't have taste. Big thank you to Australian Ethical. Come August, Anthony Albanese had 100 days of office under his belt. And much like me, when I've got anything under my belt, he was determined to shake it loose and show how different he was. The Australian Labor Party is finally in charge. But don't worry, Conservatives, we're not here to shake things up. Good governance means more of the same, but different. More of the same petroleum exploration, but not on Sydney's North Shore, in the Southern Ocean. More of the same destruction of sacred sites and songlines, but not for iron ore, for gas. Whatever our differences in political parties, we share a love for coal seam gas drilling. And yes, we know it looks like we've rushed into passing a bill on climate action. But don't worry, it's weak as piss and won't change a thing. The Australian people voted for change and we intend to give them nothing. Australian Labor. Same suits, different tie. In September 2022, Irrational Fear performed at the Festival of Dangerous Ideas, an event that even I, Alan Jones, the facilitator of a race ride, have never been invited to perform at. Oh, God, cowards! During their show on Australian Secrets, Kate McClarmont gave tips on how to avoid her. Right, I am going to give you some tips tonight on how to avoid me. <laughs> so I find now that often when I ring people up, I can hear them and I say, oh, it's Kate McClymont here. I can hear them go, Ugh. But anyway, if you want to be secret, one of the things I want to advise you is not to buy a voice distorter. <laughs> so I did have someone ring up to give me some very highly confidential information and they'd gone to the trouble of buying a voice distorter. And it did sound like a crazed robot, but the information was absolutely fabulous. And I said at the end of the conversation, thank you so much, and now I can get you on this number. Because they'd forgotten. (laughs) 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 Although they had bought a voice distorter, their number still came up. (laughs) So don't buy a voice distorter. And two, if you want to remain secret, please use Australia Post snail mail. It's still the best way to send things. However, if you are one of the Abid family and you are sending me death threats, please wear gloves because (laughs) your fingerprints were on the envelope and on the inside. So gloves if you really don't want to be caught. (laughs) And one other thing I'd like to uh, advise Eddie Abid was that in the past, when I rang his office to get some questions, he forgot to hang up. So he left the phone on and I listened for 20 minutes as they discussed how they were going to lie to me, what they were going to say. And in the end, I had to call in on the office phone and I said, look, Eddie, it's been so lovely hearing you talk about me. It's been so lovely hearing your plans. However, I really need a comment and I just heard them go, oh, And they hung up. Another thing is that when a major crime figure has died, don't go behind the crypt at the funeral to discuss where the money is. (laughs) 
<laughs> this happened at Lenny McPherson's funeral and I'd already been threatened, so I thought I would hide behind the crypt. <laughs> but on the other side of the crypt was Lenny McPherson's solicitor who was chatting away about where the money was hidden, <laughs> what companies they had. So that was very handy. Um, and... Um, Having said those things, I do want to just take one moment to say that I am also an idiot when it comes to, uh, you know, giving my own things away. Lewis reminded me today that I accidentally sent a pin with my location on it to the head of the Hells Angels. (laughs) Kate McClymont is here. (laughs) Pin. Not so good. Then I sent a photo of my ear. How would you take a photo of your ear and send it? But I sent that to one of my colleagues who thought I, somebody had cut it off and I was... <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing I did was that I did have my phone in my pocket and I sent a whole lot of gibberish to Twitter and people contacted me saying, should they call the police? Had I, be kidna- had I been kidnapped... And was this a secret cry for help? <laughs> so I would just like to say that um, I too, like many of the criminals I cover, am an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. October 2022. Politics in Australia became so boring, we all started to tune in to the UK's politics, which was like reading Harry Potter for the first time. To outsiders, the Conservative Party may look like it's a fucking omni-shambles, but to those of us on the inside, we're staying true to our promise to get Britain moving. Under the Tories, more British people than ever are moving to Europe. Thanks to the Conservative Party, the people of Britain are moving vigorously to keep warm. But the Conservatives are also walking the walk. As a party, we're all moving offices. Every day, moving, moving, moving. In fact, there's so much movement at Downing Street, there's a shortage of movers. Even Prime Minister Truss is looking at her poll numbers and having movements of her very own. I am determined to deliver. The Conservative Party. Getting Britain moving. Figuratively and literally. Watching UK politics for the last week. It's been like trying to catch up on a sci-fi TV show you've missed a couple of seasons of. Um, the baddies are still in charge, but all the characters have kind of changed. You kind of don't know where the story's at. <laughs> Joining us now to shed light on what the hell is happening over there is satirical comedian, star of Mock the Week, host of the DMs Are Open podcast on Radio 4 Extra and a cracking Twitter feed. It's Athena Kublanu. Welcome, Athena. Thank you for having me. How are you? Good, good. You know, uh, full, full kind of disclosure... Rick suggested this story that we all looked we all looked at each other and we're like none of us know what is actually happening we need an expert what the hell is happening over there in the UK the fact you've called me tells me how desperately un- uninformed you are I'm the last I mean no even the politicians themselves so last night they had a vote now you might not be aware but like in parliament when you have a vote you either vote on the issue or if your party's in crisis you, you the vote says it turns into a vote on the party. Does that make sense? So last night they were going, do you like fracking or not? 
But it, because the party was in such disarray, the vote was going to turn into do you like the Conservatives or not, basically. Which is a bit Fisher-Price politics, Ooh. but I hope, right? So, no, but, no, no, Athena, <laughs> seriously, looking at your political system, it's like looking at Harry Potter. Like, we don't it's know. Just, like, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Like, fracking is like a really important issue. Like, it causes earthquakes, right? Yeah, no, no, that's not as important as do you like me or not. Like, how is that? How is <laughs> that even make any I sense? the equivalent. Yeah, it feels like a, a twist in, like, a reality TV show, you know? Like, you know, you thought it was going to be about fracking. <laughs> this tastes disgusting. Like, when they put in a contestant that's been evicted to, like, mess yeah. this up. So, <laughs> and so, genuinely, the politicians didn't know if they were voting for fracking or for the, the party. This morning, I, I was trying to find out what was it about. In any case, uh, they ended up voting for earthquakes because everyone loves, <laughs> everyone loves an earthquake. Because we we're not on a fault line and it's not fair. When you are in a city on a fault line, you get, you know, you get earthquakes. And so why don't we, why don't we create a natural disaster so we can be on the news? Do you know what I mean? We're just not on the news enough. You, um, you've got a natural disaster, though. It's, it's the Tory party. That's what we call man-made. Here is how ITV said what went down last night. It has been a night of astonishing scenes at Westminster with reports of jostling, manhandling, bullying and shouting outside the parliamentary lobbies in a supposed vote of confidence in the government. The deputy chief whip was reported to have left the scene saying, I'm absolutely effing furious, I just don't effing care anymore, before he resigned, along with the chief whip. But we've just been told they have now officially unresigned. The Home Secretary has, however, definitely gone. In short, it is total, absolute, abject chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say one thing clear as well? So this was a vote that was supposedly a vote on whether or not the parties have voted Liz Truss. Liz Truss missed the vote. (laughs) She didn't didn't even vote on herself. It's like, oh my gosh. First of all, it was for, uh, uh, she wants fracking. She thinks it's she thinks it's important for energy security. So she missed the vote on fracking. That's and why she missed it. She was she was pumping gas into the ground right, to get yeah, some more gas out. Too, That's too, she was busy fracking down at number awesome. ten. Yeah. So she missed that vote to say that I like me. See, so see, this is why remarkable. I this is this is why I chose this subject because I I don't know anything about it, but I do know that it's very funny. Uh, and also, I see a lot of myself in Liz Truss. Like, she's, she's completely no, incompetent. No, Rick, I won't and stand for that. Also, I, I don't understand how money works or market. Right. Well, <laughs> I do love, yeah. um, I love that, like, ITV. At the, at the end, that, like, because my brain is working in, like, a music and radio station. When I hear something like, total abject chaos with that thing underneath, I'm just waiting for, like, a dubstep drop to kick in afterwards. It's like, yeah. Total abject chaos. Total abject chaos. Yeah. Is that what yeah. I love That's about British yeah. news reporters? They seem to always have like such a sense of urgency that you could absolutely remix it and make it a sick club mix. Like, <laughs> so I, I'm surprised that hasn't been done already. To be honest, and you have to do these. That, that's the reason why these things happen, so they can go viral. On the yeah. internet, that's what, yeah. and I think to be fair, I do think I'm being a bit cynical. I do think they're they're ramping it up a bit just so the little clip of them going crazy can go viral. Because the thing about this chaos is, this, it was it's been chaotic for about four weeks. What we've got now is you've got pictures of MPs having a bit of argy bargy in Parliament, but this has been this is the state this has been the status quo. 
you know, this is not, this is not, this last night in many ways was unremarkable. It's just, it was just funny because I don't know if it, <laughs> when you vote in parliament, you don't have bits of paper. You literally, you vote with your body. You go through a yes chamber or a no chamber. So it's all very, really? You don't, yeah, even, you don't yeah. even like a, you don't have a button or so, you don't no, 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 tick it's, a it's not, it's not like who wants to be a millionaire. It's not like that at all. So, um, <laughs> So what was happening was the whips. Sorry, you know, Athena, please don't please don't think this is Fisher Price because we have literally no <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah. This is so fascinating. <laughs> that, oh, that's amazing. It's, just, it's incredible. So the chief whips, so the chief whips, it's their job to get people to vote the quote unquote right way. So vote with us, not against us. But because you're not doing a bit of paper, you have to physically move people into the right chamber, right? So what was happening last night is was they were literally getting them by the Next and or whatever, like apparently there was a bit. People were like saying it was like bullying, like there were empty. Like apparently, Jacob Reese Mogg was one of the people manhandling, which is like falling nah, into I'm a noodle closet. Really? <laughs> Listen, if you let if you let Jacob Reese Mogg manhandle you, get yourself to a health store, get some iron supplements in you. Yeah. <laughs> you are you want to be on all of it, protein shakes. You want you need to go. You need to get. You are withering away and. Uh, the cost of living crisis hitting you too hard. Imagine, imagine doing something because Jacob Reese Mogg made you do it. If yeah. my children came home from school and said I'm being bullied and they pointed at a kid and they're Jacob Reese Mogg, I would kick them out of the house. I mean, what is this? I did not raise I mean, you. And being bullied by like one of those car yard like balloon men. Yeah, the inflatable guy. I love this line from the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt. He told a meeting of colleagues on Wednesday. He said, according to someone in the room, this is what Jeremy Hunt said, this would be really interesting shit if I wasn't in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really remarkable. And fundamentally, basically, it is the Conservatives have a leader that, that that has no authority. When she says jump, they all sit down and pick their noses. Um, and when and when when they do what she says, the markets go, "What the hell are you doing? You're crazy." So yeah. they're in a weird place where they can't do what they're being told because what they're being told is horrendous. Uh, but in not doing what they're told, the government can't function. Um, and so that's why we were saying we want a general election, which is horrible because no one likes elections. They're just horrible. You tell them the TV, there's some slow-mo of a child crying or whatever, some ridiculous video. It's just, general elections are very boring. I think we should skip the formality of a general election and we should just, just any, a coup, but a nice coup. <laughs> well, know, I mean, would, nice would you consider right just going full monarchy? Like now you've got the King Charles disbanded. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, for the crack, I mean, could uh, maybe, maybe. What about a reverse monarchy? You could have our prime minister rule over you. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> no, we like your one. Your new one's nice. We like that dude. That's yeah. great. It's like undercover boss. We're just like yeah. sending him over to you. Yeah. He's, like, he's, no, he's no Liz Trust, but. Uh, you, know, like, we, you know, like at school, when you do like exchange student trips and you go to France to stay with the family and they stay with you. Let's do an exchange leadership. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. I don't think we want Liz Trust. It's so, <laughs> it's such fun drama. It's real like keeping up with the Quatengians energy over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's Quatengian. I much. hate that I laugh so much at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good though. You forced it in like it was good. It Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it just, it just about worked. It's very interesting. We're, what and what's happened now is because and what people are forgetting is it. Boris Johnson two years ago kicked all the reasonably smart people out of the cabinet because they were not on board with his Brexit plan. He said, "Well, if you're not with me, you're against me," and he filled uh-huh. his cabinet up with idiots. I mean, I, and I don't, I don't think they like he filled his cabinet up with people who probably weren't very skilled at what they did, and that's and one by one we've lost anyone with a semblance of common sense. So now we're left with people who just like walking around and saying, "I'm important," and then you ask them to do something, and they can't do anything because they're thick. 
Um, and, that's, <laughs> and there's no one there, and no one on the back bench who might be good at it being in the cabinet wants to serve in it. So that's they run out of options. Yes, yeah. The only I, option I is have to read a book and get smart, but that's not going to happen. Well, that takes time. <laughs> And yeah, uh, so does fracking for your energy crisis too, by the way. But. There's a real problem with your Conservative Party, among many others. But, you know, our Conservative Party, they basically roll prime ministers whenever they want. They're just <laughs> like, let's get rid of this guy. Let's get the next person in line. We've had enough of this person. But the UK Conservative Party has to wait 12 months before they can have a party motion to roll someone. You know something? All of these things mean nothing. They really do mean nothing. They just, um, they say that, but they'll just change the rules. They'll change the rules and, and, I, hope they, and I hope they do because it's, because nobody wants 12 more months of this. I'm online right now looking for wind-up torches. I'm genuinely not lying. <laughs> we're not going to have power. We're, we're not going to have any, We've got no power. They're gonna, they, they prepared all the press releases and the news bulletins to say, you're in the dark, sorry about that, or whatever. So, if I can recommend anything, it would be a solar fold-out solar panel that you can charge your phone. A solar panel in the UK. It won't <laughs> work. <laughs> True. Climate change is bringing Liz Trust down and climate change is bringing this podcast down. <laughs> it really was just Liz holding you all together, wasn't it? it, it, it <laughs> that's the crazy thing. So we got rid of Boris thinking it, not, it can't get any worse and now people are saying we need Boris Johnson back. It's, wow. it's sort of it's sort of far now. I even heard Theresa May's name resurfaced. We're everybody. Rolf Harris, all of them. We're like, I think he's not with us anymore. I forget. Did he die? Uh, he, he, he done, no, he done well. He, he, done well. Uh, oh, he was done well when he was a football as well. But he's oh, like, anyone, anyone, just anyone with some kind allegedly, of... Allegedly, Rick, allegedly. Yeah, oh, and obviously I'm aware of, of what he, he did, but he was just... because I, I don't know why he was on my mind. I regret saying that. <laughs> Come November 2022, the Australian Transaction Reports and Analysis Centre sent shockwaves through shonky betting agencies. And as the owner of Australia's most richest horse race, the Everest. May I just say, Austrac are the finest institution we have in Australia. They're very talented, maybe even more talented than Anthony Clear. So to Austrac, I say, good luck out there, boys. Oh no, generic tradie. What's that, bloke, man? Sportsbet and Bet365 are being audited by Austrac. Oh, what are the odds of that? Oh, pretty good according to Austrac Bet. The Australian Transaction Reports and Analysis Centre is bringing financial auditing to the palm of your hand. Stream every raid live. Oh, trace, trace. trace every transaction. Be dockside for every judicial ruling. And you and your mates can bet together with a sane investigation multi. Oh, I'll put a pineapple on aiding and abetting money laundering. Yeah, and I'll put a Dame Nelly Melba on funding terrorism. A lobster on them getting off scot-free? Nah, better make it a ton. Oztrack bet. Put good punts on bad cuts. Another month goes by, another high-profile data breach, this time of a health company. If you ask me, it's an absolute disgrace. There is only one way that the private information of an individual should be made public, and that is on a breakfast radio show. Oh, God, have these hackers no respect? Oh, disgusting. At Medibank Private, we regret the recent data breach of our customers' personal information. And while the hackers tried to convince us to pay their ransom, as any of our customers trying to lower the cost of life-saving medical treatment will tell you, we never negotiate. That's why Medibank Private is rebranding 
as of today, will be known as Medibank Public. So, whether you have your first leaky bum, like Phyllis Thompson of 6 Spurwing Place, Wangaratta, or your third STI, like Gustav Montague of 35 to Brook Street, Bonoble, Queensland, 4275, whose blood type is O positive and mother's maiden name is Von Summer and has three points left on his licence and is so heavily laden with debt that an extra $5,000 in fees won't make that much of a difference to him, tax file number 03199381, you'll get the same overpriced service without any more data breaches. Because it's too late. It's all out there now anyway. Medibank Public. We feel better now. But there's no more secrets. November 2022 saw the kickoff of the biggest sporting event in the world since I used to coach the Wallabies, the FIFA World Cup. Nothing more joyous than a month of men running around in their prime for 90 minutes. It's ballet for the commoners. This Sunday, the entire globe descends on Qatar for the event no one will talk about. It's the Turning a Blind Eye World Cup. The football players, it's a figurative fairy tale for the workers. A literal death trap. Every game has a loser. There are just lots more losers than football teams playing. Oh! I've seen jock straps treated better than the construction workers in Qatar. 32 nations will go head to head and then turn their heads to look the other way. Oh no! And they've completely missed it! Look at that! The exploitation, the corruption, the discrimination, the total inability to buy a beer! Which country will rationalise the cost of kicking around a ball on a field in a country without fields? I've got to say, Qatar is hosting the most awful cup that I've ever refused to witness. And the final score is migrant deaths, 6,500 versus the world, nil interest. Get ready to ignore all of the action for the Turning a Blind Eye World Cup. A ticket will buy you a whole seat that was installed by someone who died of heat exhaustion. The Emir of Qatar has come to his senses. It's true, I have come to my senses. All stadiums must go at the Qatar Black Friday sale. Eight barely used stadiums are going for next to nothing. Coincidentally, they are also currently standing next to nothing. Pristine seats, unused beer taps, mystery bones in the foundation. I don't know how that got there. Perfect if you're hosting your own World Cup. Ideal for creating an internment camp. Or if you're a New South Wales Premier just wanting to buy a stadium to knock it down to get your mates to build you new one just like it. These stadiums cost $200 billion but could be yours for a shipload of sheep. It's not a bad deal. Qatar's Black Friday stadium sale. An opportunity like this won't present itself until an autocratic regime bribes FIFA to make bad decisions again. Hey, it's our culture. Please respect it. Also in November, Anthony Albanese had his first ever bilateral with China's President Xi. And judging by the press conference afterwards, it sounds like we're getting married. Thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you. Okay, ready. I want to thank President Xi for a productive conversation. Sure, Australia and China have our differences. China has a problem with disappearing protesters. We know exactly where ours are under very strict bowel conditions. China is increasing coal usage. We are far more into gas. China's indigenous populations face imprisonment, relocation, theft of their land, re-education, discrimination, forced labour and organ harvesting. We don't do the organ harvesting part. But despite our differences, there's something China and Australia can agree on. The best way to support workers 
is to help rich people get richer. Mr. Albanese, Mr. Thank you, no questions. What about the Uyghur population? No questions. Oh, look, there's another similarity. I forgot about repressing press freedoms. How did I forget that? We're becoming more and more like you every day. <laughs> As December rolled around, New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet got into the Christmas spirit by saying that jailing of a climate protester for stopping traffic on the Sydney Harbour Bridge for 20 minutes was, quote, pleasing to see. <laughs> you know what else is pleasing to see? Anthony Kalia live in concert. Oh, now there's someone who could stop traffic. Oh, what a voice. On the next season of Wentworth, a new contender for Top Dog has arrived at the prison. I took a knife and I put it in the side of my husband's abdomen and then I let his intestines spill out across the marble floor of our harbourside mansion. So, new fish, what are you in for? I parked a truck on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oh, you're a total badass. I then delayed traffic for about 20 to 25 minutes. Why would you do that? Because our government isn't doing enough about climate change. Girls, I resign. Coco is the new top dog around here. And if you come for the king, you better not be carbon positive. It's a whole new level of disproportionate justice. This season on Wentworth. Only on Showcase, which is on something called Foxtel. (sighs) Ask your parents about it. And finally, a word from our king. No, not me, the real king, King Charles, who just this week gave his first Christmas address. It's now easier to read, Your Majesty. You just put it back. The words are clearer, Your Majesty. Look, I wrote it in Comic Sans. I want to read it in Comic Sans. Yes, Your Majesty. (sighs) Put it back the way it was. Good evening, subjects, and people who live in countries we forgot to invade when times were better. King Charles here to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Just another one of the many goddamn jobs I've had to learn to do at age 75. Did you know that I also have to be the head of the church, too? Christ Almighty. 2022 was a year of challenges for us all. Mummy died, and one had to use a blasted inkwell. This year, we're thinking of those suffering at the hands of cancelled culture. Namely, Netflix, whose subscription we've cancelled for the entire palace. Our thoughts and prayers also go out to those who are suffering under the rule of governments undergoing bloody coups, like in the Kingdom of Great Britain. But there is always hope. For those of you concerned about Mummy's legacy, don't worry. It's in good hands. Sure, the hands are a little puffy and red, but working fine nevertheless. So from all of the top-tier royals, except for Andrew, we wish you all... A Merry Christmas. Oh, God. Damn it. Who put this bloody tree here? Why is it inside? Just get rid of it. Just get it. Get get rid of it. Yes, Your Majesty. Of course, Your Majesty. Blasted tree with lights and shit all over it. You can't go chopping down trees. Think of the environment. Oh, bloody hell. Well, that's it for Irrational Fear for the year 2022. Big thank you to everyone who listens to the show, especially those people on Patreon who chip in a small amount each month to make it happen. Also, a big thank you to Jacob Round on the Teppanyaki Timeline, all of the comedians of Australia who come to play with us. And until next year, there's always something to be scared of. I'm Alan Jones. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just $95, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.